One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome, fine listeners of Break It Down. We're back with another episode. Myself, Alex McCarthy, Kenny McIntosh, both in the house, both off a fine weekend of wrestling at the O2 Arena, Money in the Bank, in the rearview mirror now. Uh, Kenny, man, where do we start from a great weekend of wrestling? It was good to see you, though, man. Yeah, it was good to see you. Good to see you in person. We did the presser in the morning together, mm. which was was very fun. Um we were we were kind of, you know, perspiring a little bit because Elliot Knight wasn't there at the beginning. We were like, oh, he's the he's the biggest one. He's the biggest one. Um, but we got everything we needed to get, so uh, that was good. And uh, yeah, I think we just need to people just probably need to accept that break it down is going to be. We, we can't be shackled to weekly. We're just like most weeks we're here. Yeah, <laughs> but like that's really all we can do is mm. say most of the time we'll be here. Just look out for us. Um, just trust that we will float in and out of your lives, but mostly that's a great, that's a great. Yeah, term. I think so. Mostly we'll be there. Did you? Uh, I mean, it was a great, great weekend. Um, the O2 might be my favorite venue for the most part, um, because I think the idea that you, because both nights there was what seventeen thousand people at yes, the, the show. They looked legit sellouts, didn't they? Yeah, and I'd never been the O2 before, so this is my first time, and I didn't realize that like. You know, there's a shopping center on the top floor that the whole bottom floor is like bars and restaurants. And like you were basically able to walk in <clears throat> at like half six or something and go and have dinner. And mm. you would be space somewhere, whether it's TGI Fridays or Nando's or whatever. And that's one of the things that I always find the toughest thing about events is like, 
you have to get to where the venue is and then it's really you've only got the, the sort of concourse catering to, to choose from so yeah that yeah. part I really love i mean I, the not that this is like this isn't this is th- first world problems obviously but like i mean this the staff who served the drinks not that i was getting a lot of drinks but i was getting a few mm-hmm. among the slowest that i have ever experienced in my life like <laughs> you would order a gin and tonic and the person would walk you know across to pick up the gin bottle then come back to where they were originally then pick up a cup, then put a measure in, then take the cup to where the ice is, then come back and and leave the cup there to go and get the tonic, so then bring the tonic. And it's like, there's, you know, the, the Monday in the Bank was a, a stacked show. There was no time to really not be at your seat. So mm. it was that, that, but I mean, overall, I thought the O2 was a great venue. Both nights were really good. Um, yeah, big, big shows. And we, we, we got like an A pay-per-view, which is, is great. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I guess that, that's what people want us to talk about. We're both there. So let's dive into it a little bit more as my dog goes crazy in my living room as usual. <laughs> um, I I mean, I've been going to the O2, God, since for about 13 years-ish as a fan. Because when they started coming regularly for the Raw, um, I, I was always going with my friend Joe. And it wasn't until 2016, 17-ish where, you know, I'd stopped paying <laughs> when, <laughs> when I had, when, you know, I started getting those comp tickets for uh, for the work I was putting in. But um, I have been going there for years. It's always, it's always been a great venue, but uh, it's only recently, or certainly the last few years, they haven't been doing TVs there. don't know if you've been aware of that. that since COVID, basically, they've been doing live events coming back, but they don't do the TVs. Yep. So this was not only a return to form for pay-per-views, which you could tell people were excited about, but SmackDown on the Friday was a return for the weekly TVs in the UK as well. So, uh, yeah, I for me, I mean, the atmospheres were just outstanding, um, both during the day and, you know, during and after the event. Very, very, very pleased. I've long been critical of like, you know, WWE went through this phase, I think, with Saudi Arabia and us included and a few others, you know, super shows and all this malarkey like Australia. But you just really got like a like a WWE house show, mm-hmm. essentially. Like it was like like a standard house show that they were trying to purport as a major show, but it wasn't, right? We like fans who knew better knew better. Um, this was legitimately a huge show. Uh, they chose this to be the place where Roman dropped a pin for the first time in three over three years. Um, you know, the Shane Hill turn on Ronda Rousey. Uh, there, there was just, there was a lot going on in this show and big time matchups, obviously deciding who are going to be your money in the bank winners that it was awesome to be a part of, you know, in Clash of the Castle felt like this, but this felt like another step on top of that. For me, Kenny. So, um, as you yeah, say, it, per, it you felt know. it felt way to me. It felt way bigger than Clash at the Castle, which is. is ironic that Clash at the Castle was in this huge stadium. But like, I mean, we did get the Dom turns. So there was something storyline related, and there was storyline stuff the last time. You know, you had Riddle and Seth Rollins, or you had Drew and Roman. But when you kind of came out of that show, the Dom heel turn was the only thing that really made a difference to like the the general, you know storylines but i thought and the, solo, the solo debut the, but, yeah, the, you know, yeah, i know what you mean at the, at the time I know yeah this this the solo de- so there, there was stuff but like it felt like, like you say they took it to the next level with this show and it was just like it was really well booked 
I think every, everything was booked really, really well. I thought ma- certain matches over delivered, like the women's Money in the Bank match. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, even like you know the day day before the you know the Thursday, I think it was. I'd went to the the merch shop because I like to go and just have a look and see what's see what's oh, going wow. on. And I picked up a couple of t shirts for Ollie and Jen of her crew. And the t I mean the t shirts were like if you if you wanted like a you know. I mean, I won't, I won't out them with their size here of, of t-shirt, but like, if you wanted, <laughs> if you wanted a t-shirt, right, of like say Kevin Owens or something like that, not one of the like, because I mean, look, let's be honest, right? Most people are not. Most people who I know are not buying. I was there as a t-shirt. They're just not. Mm-hmm. They're, they're buying like you know the the Usos shirt or they're buying the KO shirt or whatever. Those kind of shirts on day one, there was they were like almost out of the good sizes, like pretty pretty quickly so you know that's a good sign as well that like there's so many people come to buy merch they had those briefcases the money to buy briefcases that were on sale they did really well so they'd kind of they'd set it up and then i think with smackdown which is the highest grossing smackdown ever that they, that they did it is but yeah i mean what uh, money in the bank is also one of the highest grossing ever right highest grossing arena show they've ever done exactly it's... which is you know that covers a lot of ground bearing in mind uh yeah you know, msg's which cost a fortune to run, um, you know, aren't pulling in what the O2 did. So, I mean, again, if there was ever any credence needed from the UK to to get WWE to to take it more seriously, and of course, you know, I had a lot of friends that thought the toilet break was when Cena was coming out, and then they hear Cena's music, and they're like, "Oh God, uh, I need to rush back to my seat," which everyone did. Um, and he had them, Kenny, in the palm of his hand, even before he said the magic words of WrestleMania. But once he said that, um, I was looking around the arena. It was absolute pandemonium. Uh, but I think he's got a point, right? Like, how do you take it on from where we are now? WWE, like the UK has arrived, uh, and dare I say delivered, as a big, you know, a venue for big time events for WWE. So how do you take it to the next step? You only really do that with either a SummerSlam or WrestleMania or Royal Rumble, probably, you know, you, you could do a Royal Rumble at the O2, but if you were going to do something in a stadium, then early April, you could get away with the partially closed potentially in London. I think it's something. Not that I want to be the Debbie Downer of the situation. Well, but Triple I feel H like, already has been, I think. <laughs> well, but I think, I think, you know, because I think some people are just not aware of the metrics of it, which I think is fair. But when you think about it, like in America, I think the cities who bid for WrestleMania pay like ten million or twenty. Like they pay a they pay an amount of money to WWE because they bid for the events like every year. London didn't want to pay for Clash at the Castle, which was I think two million that Cardiff paid for that. I, I don't know the exact numbers, but they they paid a little bit for it. Um, London would have to pay that at the end of the day. That's what it's all about. John Cena can come out and say all day long he thinks WrestleMania should be in London, but. The UK government or the London or London in general has to pay up to get that to get those shows because it's you know too because also the other thing is London doesn't really need WrestleMania like London has stuff all the time so I think that's going to be the big barrier they're going to have. Yeah, no, you're you're, you're right in all of that, but also I think yeah WWE are kind of building an argument here almost where you know look what our shows or what what you know what happens when we come to town. Uh, and WrestleMania itself over the past however many years, there's like a portfolio now of cities that say, you know, it injected X amount of millions into the into the city's economy, etc. 
why not for London too? So I don't if know. London, I, if, London, if London were up for doing it, that'd be great. I just think that for me, I'd love to see it happen. Trust me, an hour flight to get to WrestleMania would be great for me. I would be over the moon if that was what happened. But I just think until... Because, like, you know, if they were going to do it, they would need. it would be more expensive to bring everybody over here to do it. It mm. would be... It would be a, t- a tougher sell. So, at the very least, London would need to be paying similar amounts of money that other cities do to do it. And I think that's going to be the stickler. I mean, maybe they can overcome it. Like, I loved, I loved seeing the UK people, the UK Parliament people saying, "We back it." Well, of course, you back it. Of course, you do. Yeah. Why would you like? I mean, you know. Po- anyway, but like, I mean, I do think if they can't get WrestleMania to happen, which I guess we'll see how London reacts. The balls in London's court, but. Um, I could definitely see a SummerSlam easily yeah. because SummerSlam's in a stadium. It's the end of July, beginning of August. That to me seems like I would think it's more likely we'll see a SummerSlam. Here. Maybe like, I mean, twenty twenty seven is quite a long time away. I mean, that would be twenty five years of SummerSlam, but maybe they just do it like next year. I don't know, but um, <laughs> I mean, I will. I will say the tagline, yeah. So with Cena, like, I, I was Cena was not my guy when he was <laughs> around. And that's being polite. Um, and I, I, I popped big when he came out. I thought it was a really cool surprise. I really enjoyed it. But I could not, in good conscience, Alex McCarthy, I could not like let the words thank you, Cena, come out of my mouth. Thank you for what? <laughs> thank you for like thank you for you pandering to us as a shell. That mm-hmm. like because this wasn't he hadn't even said WrestleMania yet. And it was just like, thank you, Cena. And I, I felt like just I felt like the old man yelling at a cloud, going, "Don't you remember what he did to us?" Uh, I, mean, I, I think I've I've been quite consistent with this, but I didn't really enjoy Cena until his well, his, I enjoyed his early career. I think everyone did, but he uh, his late career, sort of, you know, US title invites and all this sort of stuff, That's and when he, when he actually started putting people like, <laughs> uh, I you know, I I did not enjoy the Super Cena years. Um, I don't know many of us that that did uh, around my age because um, it, it was just boring, right? He won every single feud and rivalry that ever came his way. Um, but I did, I did kind of have a new appreciation for him later on in his career. Um, I don't think I was chanting. Thank you. Cena, mind, but uh, it was cool for him to come out. It was a I great, think... it was a great surprise. It was like, you could not have got a better surprise. I mean, the Drew surprise before that was tremendous as well, but I mean, Cena coming out, I do wonder, I mean, it'd be great to know, I mean, do you get the vibe that Cena was was told to say the stuff he said about WrestleMania? Do you get the vibe that he did it on the fly? Um, I mean, I, I would say Cena's probably in a spot where he doesn't really have to run by the exact particulars of what he wants to say. Um, although, you know, Cena's not stupid. He he realises what will happen when he says that, right? So I I got the vibe, and whether Triple H was just trying to throw this out there and I'll get into this <laughs> Triple H and his presser stuff in a minute um, I I got the feeling that Triple H wanted to, to seem as if he had no idea what Cena was going to say so you know he, he did play it down a little bit in the press conference um, but I find that very hard to believe that it wasn't at least spoken about being teased yeah because you just can't I mean, it would be unfathomable that Cena would just be like, "Do you know what? I'll, I'll just say WrestleMania should come here." Because when when he said that, I, and I've been loads of WrestleMania, loads of different shows over the years, I don't think I've ever heard a crowd go that crazy. 
No, it went mental. Legitimately mental. It was one of the loudest reactions I've ever heard. Um, which is amazing. Um, but yeah, I just, I, and I think, I hope, I mean, maybe this does, you know, make London kind of go, well, do you know what? Maybe we should bring, maybe we should put some money into this and, you know, it'd be two big, big days at Wembley on a weekend, you know, two, three nights of the O2. It'd be a, you know, it would bring a lot of people over at a time when there's not really, I mean, you, you obviously know London way better than me. Is there anything on early April at that time? that kind of sustains London in, in that way or would well, it legitimately I mean the football, the football season's still going right so it in terms of stadium usage well, I mean well, Wembley would be fine but no it, it, you, you could find a date yeah well yeah and so in that sense I think and but maybe it's just one of those things because I mean it is feasible because obviously WWE wanted to do Wembley last year they, they, they weren't you know desperate to do Cardiff but then Wales paid the money for it, so they did Wales. So, I mean, maybe this is WWE's way of going, do you know what? Let's make some buzz about the idea of WrestleMania and hope that it gets to the people it needs to get to and maybe they'll start trying to bid for it, make a serious bid so that they can bring it over. Yeah, maybe they. Yeah, maybe that was it. Um, it certainly plays a factor, the money, <laughs> to say the least. Um, just moving on to the press conferences, as I said I would. Yes. Um so I, I asked I asked Triple H a question about Drew, um, you know, saying about his status, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I'm not going to give too much away because <laughs> I don't want to hang anyone out to dry. But I know most of what Triple H said was a lie, <laughs> basically. <laughs> um, I mean, uh, Drew has had some stuff cleaned up, by the way. It's not he, he wasn't so so much lying about injuries and whatever. But has Drew McIntyre signed a new contract? Absolutely not. Is it running out at the end of this year? Yes. So we haven't got anywhere in that regard. Uh, I know for a fact, as I checked after the press conference, it hasn't been signed. I so, can, I can also, I, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, you can attest. <laughs> we know that. So I had to sit there <laughs> and be like, "Hmm, thank you, thank you, Mister Levesque, for uh, all of this you're feeding me right now." Um, you can't exactly, you know, call him or whatever in uh, in that situation, but uh, yeah. This is the, this is the, I mean this is the tough thing about these these press conferences, right? Because you kind of it's it, it's you you're it's going and press are Kenny, but it's a show, right? Yeah, it's not, yeah, it's not a real yeah. press. No, conference. they are putting it on their network, right? Yeah. It's not like you know str- I don't know stream somewhere else because it's like an independent thing. It's their fucking show, right? Yeah, and everybody who's in there is, and this is I'm not saying this is a bad thing. I'm just saying it's the way that it is. Everybody who is in there, even though they work for big outlets, are like proofed in some way of like okay these people we can trust that like you know like you said so in your scenario if you ask the drew question which is the question that needs to be asked and he answers it you can't really come back you can't be like you're lying well, they, t- they <laughs> take the mic off you anyway once you ask the question you yeah. don't get a chance to have a rebuttal because they they take it so even so if the- i wanted to say something i i couldn't yeah but anyway it's funny because you, you've you've either got the, the wwe way where they you know they do give you real answers to questions in some cases and in other ones they, they don't or you get the AEW one where Tony Khan no comments 95 minutes that he's asked <laughs> so it's yes it's a weird environment where yeah and because obviously at one point didn't he Triple H say something about diversity in the the press press conference well, it, it was me I stood, I, stood you. Up, I, I stood up for the last question and he was like whoa like is, is there not any girls in here and I was like 
I mean, yeah, but you know, what are you trying to do? Take take my take my question as well. Like, I'm happy to share, but come on. Um, you know, it, uh, it, he he made the point of saying that he felt like a, a woman should ask a question, and I think there was only two or three women in there. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, know, don't get me wrong, that that is a terrible ratio, but um, yeah, but then you know that that. To be fair to Triple H in this scenario, and I would call it if I thought it was a thing that he or WWE done wrong, but like, you know, that's more, you know, that's more outlets issues than anything else. That's not, you know, if if, if everybody's sending a guy, what are they supposed to do? You know, mm. that's, you know, you can't really, you know, so there maybe should be, you know, certain, I'm not saying, I'm not trying to say they should take your job, Alex, but I'm just saying, you know, for some people, there probably should be a kind of a, well, let's send you know, a, f- a female member of our staff who... Oh, yeah, m- more the merrier. I, sp- I suppose it's like anything, isn't it? In, in, and this has been a long-standing issue in sports coverage anyway. You know, they've only really got women more prominent in the past, I would say, five years. Um, yeah, because really the only person in, in the UK who I would have expected to be at the press conference to ask a question would be Stephanie Chase from Digital Spy. Yeah, um, she was around the O2, by the way. She yeah, was, so, but, you know, I mean, look, also there is a thing where... You know, you're at an event till eleven forty-five, and then if you if you're not in the press, because I mean, for me, like one of the reasons I've not been to one of these pressers so far is because I don't sit in the press area, so I would need to leave where I was like halfway through the main event to to get to near it to them. Yeah. So it's just never, it's, I've just not done it. But well, um, the Usos were still, you know, having a magical moment with the fans singing their song. When we're getting ushered away, and I'm thinking, oh, <laughs> let, me, let me enjoy the show. Um, but you know, like you said, it's literally as soon as they're off air, they're whisking you to the main press room. Yeah. So, um, were you, yeah. I mean, were you, were you, when you were there, obviously, you know, in the moment and all that, were you surprised that Jay got the the win on Roman, or were you were you expecting that was what was going to happen? Because there has been a lot of moments where we've thought Roman's maybe going to lose, and he didn't. I mean, I, I think if. It makes the world of sense to me that if someone's going to do it and this, the the crescendo of the story is going to be his family, um, I think that I, I could believe that would mean a lot to Roman, right? So, um, but did I believe it would happen? I mean, I've believed a lot during this Roman era, like Cody at Mania, I really believed was going to happen and it didn't. So I was never going to count my chickens on it. Um, but I was very pleased to see it play out. Very pleased. Uh, I had no problem with the finish at all. I'm, I'm, I'm one of the Uso proponents in this story. So, Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
I, I was, again, slightly surprised that it happened in London, but amazing that it has. That it's just become a thing that you know, there used to be something that they wouldn't do anywhere else but the states or you know maybe Canada. Um, and now the UK seem to be a part of that, which is awesome. It's, uh, it's, it's funny. Like I, I was listening to uh, Brian Alvarez and David Meltzer talk about the show, and Alvarez was doing this whole bit about you know why who's watching a who's watching a show at, at, at noon on a Saturday? Like it's not going to. And it's like, listen, fucker. Like you, <laughs> you, you live in you live in you know Washington. You're on the West Coast. You get all the good types for everything all the time. Like it does not matter that one pay per view a year is at like three p.m. Eastern noon Pacific. In fact, a lot of people, who, just because you've got multiple children that you need to take out and entertain during the day, not everybody is in that scenario. Some people mm. would like to watch a pay per view at noon or at three, kind of like a football match over here. Not everyone wants their weekend nights tied up. Funnily enough. Yeah, so like I mean, most people would actually probably really be happy to to watch a pay per view in the afternoon. And then be able to go out and see their friends or go on date night or whatever in the evening. So I kind of call BS on that theory. I think the fact that we've got those kind of different times for everybody, America, U- uh, UK, everybody is is better um, and balances out. I agree. I concur. I, but I mean, overall, I, th- I think it was a very sort of productive weekend in terms of, you know, US, WWE and UK relations. We're only five weeks away from SummerSlam now, which is kind of wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which, you I mean, that's that's that stacking up to be a, a brilliant card. Yeah, it is. It is lining up. Are you going to Detroit? I am. I am because I was not able to get to LA. This <laughs> is the only place mm. I could change my flight to. So I'm going to be there for summer so I'm very excited. Yes, uh, tune into this show. You got reporters on the ground. That's See, uh, I'll be I'll be going to the presser. I'll be, you know, I mean, we'll see who who's there at that point. I mean, yeah, it's it's literally. It is four weeks today. It's a month today. It's a month from today as we record this. Well, then you August fly. 5th. Wow, no, August 5th is when SummerSlam is. Oh, Christ. July well, 5th right now. I am. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know if I'm going or not yet. It's one of the, I mean, I never really know until a couple of weeks before. You know how it goes with work. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, I, like I say, I think it is a, it's still UK are in the strongest spot they've been with WWE in such a long time. Um, and, you know, the end of this year, BTD, BT's deal, which is now TNT, of course, one of Discovery, is up with WWE, which means obviously, yeah, I don't know what price they'll put on the TV deals, but I'm maybe assuming that Sky would be interested in making a return to WWE after, you know, was it a four year sabbatical? Um, they had it for 30 years or so, but I think no, from what I'm hearing, maybe TNT Warners don't see a future or an immediate I mean, future with the WWE. So it's going to be very interesting to see how the market is for their TV deal now in light of how well things have been going for WWE over here. Well, it kind of makes sense as well because obviously the WWE-Sky relationship became very sour when, when uh, Sky were assured that the network would not uh, conflict with anything, and of course, all the pay per views were live. Mm. So that you know that it just that served the relationship. It ended. But I think now you know time heals all wounds, and Sky are in the business of making money. I mean, I think Sky is, is Sky Sports. I know that you. I mean, you can get any channel you want, but I think Sky Sports is still more accessible than BT Sport. You have to pay extra for BT on your like. I have I have a Virgin 
box uh-huh. and I do have the Sky package, but I mean, you have to pay like more if you want the sport that comes with BT. Yeah. So. And then, you know, I mean, there could be, uh, I mean, maybe Warner Brothers are happy to, you know, run AEW in America, run WWE in the UK. But I think, I think the other issue is that in the UK, it's difficult now because who watch if you're in the UK I don't know the proportion of people who watch Raw live I assume a lot more people watch Smackdown live because it's a Friday night yeah and you know you can kind of do the 3am finish and recover on the Saturday but it's like special circumstance like if there's for some reason I'm up at that time yeah like because I'm off work or I don't know whatever's going on maybe maybe I might watch Raw like Smackdown Chances are I'm up at 1am on a Friday, you know, Saturday morning, Friday night. I, I probably catch the first bit and fall asleep. Or if it's really good, sometimes I'll stick with it. But like Raw, am I going to be up till 4am? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I'm not. Um, so that, yeah, I, 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 I used to cover it. When I, when I did it every week for Give Me Sport years ago now, I, that was my schedule was that I did what, and it was with SmackDown was on a Tuesday then. Mm-hmm. So at the beginning of the week, Christ. <laughs> <laughs> It was like dead, and then you try and go back to the day shifts uh, later on in the week. Terrible stuff. Um, but yeah, on this show, Kenny, we do have LA Knight to close things out today. Quick, a quick note on that before we do get to the man himself, who you know, oh my word, the reactions he was getting inside. Mm-hmm. The um, Triple H has kind of suggested that it's part of the long game. They, they, he, he did recognize that LA Knight is super popular, super over. And you know he's he's on this trajectory to the top. Have they missed a trick by not putting it on him now, or is I mean I like Priest as money, Mr. Money in the Bank, but I think undeniably LA Knight's the hot hand. What do you think about the decision? Well, you you know I was obviously very pro LA Knight winning the briefcase. Yes. That was who I really wanted to win. Um, obviously he didn't, and Priest won. I think that I haven't had time to think about it since he's not won. I think that the way that I've kind of come to terms with it is. He, you know, so he he himself said he got hot in March. That's when he thinks he became super popular in the main roster. We're only in July, so it's been three and a half months. And if they don't have a plan for him to win one of those world titles, which I don't think they probably do at this point, then giving him the briefcase would kind of be shooting him up to fail or setting him up to fail. Because yeah. you know, so so in in that sense, I would rather he didn't win it if there's not a plan for him. And also, you know. I get it if you're like, well, if he's still this popular next year, then, you know, maybe we can look at giving him money in the back then. You know, you want to see if it's not a fleeting thing. So, I mean, I, I've I've put this, uh, well, theory is an ironic word, but, like, my theory is put him in a feud with Austin Theory now for SummerSlam, have him win the US title. Like, you know, do that for him. Give him something in the mid-card. Austin Theory's done all he can do with the US title. Move on to somebody else. Like Knight could do some fun stuff with it. Um, that would be what I would do. But I think overall, I think Priest is actually a better choice than Logan Paul in the storyline sphere. Yes, I think there's more you can do. Um, Logan Paul, well, I think he, it would have been great to see him kind of, you know, on YouTube and on talk shows, not the briefcase. Storyline wise, none of it really excited me that much. And now that he's facing Ricochet at SummerSlam, which is supposed to be the match, you know, great. That'd be fantastic. So I'm. I'm I've come to terms with my loss. <laughs> so yeah, just... yeah. I mean, I, I I do agree, but like you said there, the whole, this is my problem with WWE sometimes, is they miss the boat and they go, oh, you know, this person's popular. It's all right, you know, we'll see if they're still popular now or whatever. Like, to, to me, I think 
recognizing the hot hand is a is a is a skill. Obviously, you know, look at me telling WWE how to recognize their popular baby faces, but but knowing when someone has the momentum and spotting that opportunity that that's the crucial thing. And as you say, okay, they've got the former. Obviously, they 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 can't. It's undeniable that he's hot, but it's like where do you factor him in? And that's kind of been a problem with Roman's run, by the way, the entire thing. It's like, you know, we talk about Drew, Cody and Sammy having your very legitimate kind of opportunities and windows to win that any other time you would have done it, right? But but because it's Roman's story, it's kind of like, oh, okay, like they get passed over and then you miss that magic moment. How much has it hurt them looking on? I mean, Cody seems fine. Sammy's doing great and, you know, Drew's obviously been away, but great return for him so maybe maybe it is fine maybe it is fine if he, if they kind of meander along a little bit until until they're ready for LA Knight and Seth Rollins but with Priest with the briefcase I've got to say I do find it hard, hard to imagine him as the champion at the moment how that would look presumably breaks out of Judgment Day or something I don't know but um, the landscape would be a lot different when he's champion I know that much so it just I say all of that to say this it seems like a long road for LA Knight to get to the point where a lot of us would like him to be and a lot of us thought he was there now hence the reaction so yeah you know he, it, i mean he he was i think the thing to the thing to be happy about with LA Knight is he was super protected he was really he was given a great show in the match this was not a performance of a guy who they don't see anything in mm. it was definitely a performance of someone who they do see stuff in but they maybe just don't see money in, either they, they don't see a world title in his future in the next six months but hey we, we've seen before that people have been so popular that that has changed so yeah um, i mean I, I just think i've you know i've still got kind of hurt feelings over dolph ziggler in like 2013 <laughs> so you know and we'll be here a lot of the time to give alex's therapy on this yeah, podcast. there you go most of the time you will catch us here uh th- that's it for me and kenny this week you do have la night though uh to to entertain you in the coming minutes so uh, we'll just wrap things up here though we will endeavor to be here Next week, we do have a lot of interviews uh, to, to run that we collated from Money in the Bank weekend. Then, like you say, we're on the road to SummerSlam, man. Uh, Kenny going to be out there. Then later that month, all in Wembley Stadium. Like, yeah, we, we are going to be super busy. There's going to be lots of great content coming. Make sure you're not only checking it out here, but on YouTube, Inside the Ropes, our interviews have been going up there. Some great figures uh from you guys checking out the action so thank you very much for doing that uh, and i'm sure kenneth you're going to be on the road this year yeah we've got a uh, gangrel a week on sunday uh, in Ooh. glasgow and then we get eric bischoff touring the uk and ireland in september so that's for now that's what we've got it's funny as we record this it was 10 years ago uh, yesterday when the first ever itr live show happened in glasgow with first ever. wow 10 years we had some big 10-year plans. <laughs> well, big, big, uh, plans are afoot. No, no, we did have it before COVID. COVID is oh, so, so uh, unfortunately, the plans aren't as big as I wanted them to be. But, you know, we're still around. And to be to still be around after COVID is actually pretty... Uh, yeah, remarkable achievement for most businesses. Uh, mm-hmm. Kenneth, you age like fine wine. Uh, and a man who does too. Look at these segues. LA Knight, he is uh, in full... Please enjoy. Uh, this has been Break It Down. Excited to see you in the UK, man. It's not long where you'll be climbing that ladder at the O2. You, I mean, I'm sure you've seen the WWE shows in the UK the past couple of years and the raucous atmosphere and obviously, you know, just 
how excited we are to have a massive event like Money in the Bank. Oh, sure. How excited are you, man, to get in there? Ah, man, it, you, you know, you, you're talking about rolling into the O2. You're talking about climbing ladders and all this stuff. It's going to be uh, it's going to be a car crash, uh, but it's going to be a damn good time. And it's going to be in front of a hot crowd. So uh, I think we're in for a good night. Yeah, yeah. I mean, speaking of hot crowds, man, I was at WrestleMania this year. And throughout the whole Oh, weekend, that's funny. I wasn't. <laughs> oh, God, don't make me feel bad. Um, but look, I mean... Ah, no, go on, please. I, I, was at, I was at SmackDown. I was at Hall of Fame. Everybody, yeah. everybody was loving LA Night, man. You must have felt that love from the crowd, right? Like, I know the disappointment of maybe not being on the show, but still, I feel like the momentum and stuff, it really has started to reach that crescendo around WrestleMania. Yeah, it's, it's been uh, it's been picking up since about March, and uh, it hit a fever pitch at WrestleMania. And it's kind of just continued on since then. I, you know, you, you try to ignore it, you try not to hear it for a little bit, and then it's just like, okay, well, there's not really much you can do about this anymore. It's here, and, and that's the thing. And all man, like, I feel like when you're on the mic now, and you know, you've always been in this in your career, but I'm just talking WWE perspective. Like that's really captured the imagination of the people. Uh, you know, and you're, and you're kind of at this stage in your career, you, you've done a lot, been a lot of places. How does it feel now? Have you, do you know what I mean? Have you arrived at exactly the right time in WWE? Yeah, probably uh, because I, I don't think uh, I don't think the WWE fans have seen anybody like me ever, or or, or at least in a, in a very long time. But I would say ever because of my my package. Because a lot of people like to make comparisons to this guy, that guy, whatever. Uh, but at the same time, no matter who you compare me to. Uh, I, I'm nothing close in a lot of ways, and, and I'm well above and beyond. Because if you look at just my my physical package, along with don't get excited, uh, but my my physical package, so to speak, uh, along with my uh, it, the, the personality that goes along with it, uh, it's something that's never been seen before. So um, I think in that way, you're looking at a big personality. I'm not out there doing you know my little gymnastics routines or anything like that, like you know you see some guys do. Or some places do, uh, <laughs> but uh, it, 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 it's it's something that obviously people have gravitated toward, and it's something that I knew for a long time that I had to that I had to offer, um, and uh, it, it, to I, I, I guess to just know that I was right all along uh, <laughs> it, 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 it gives me a little bit of um, let's see uh, a, a little bit of confirmation that. This 20 years wasn't all wasted because for years and years, I was broke as hell. And for years and years, I had family and friends that you got to get a real job. You got to get a real job. You don't understand. I got something to do here. I got something to make happen. And uh, after all this time, at long last, here we are. Yeah. And, and it, like you said, going back to the family action, that gives even more credence to that, man. Uh, um, let's talk about you finally getting to the quote-unquote promised land right why was it the right time is it triple h who speaks to you how does that all come about well i mean uh, uh well I, I won't i won't get super super long-winded on this but i was originally going to come back back in 2016 um yeah. well well for some people just come the first time because nobody knew because they never saw tv the first time around in 2013 2014 but yeah uh i was in talks to come back in 2016 but the company that I was at was offering me a very, very nice raise. And uh, WWE at the time was offering me kind of, you know, entry level 
just, hey, this is what we're going to do, whatever. And and I get it because I kind of left with heat, whatever. So I said, you know what? I got to stay and take this money for right now, um, even though, well, I'll get there in a second. So the next year we come back, we talk again, same offer, but I have a programmed raise where I was. So it's like, all right, well, I'm going to stay because I've never seen this money before. Finally, I'm making money. And uh, all right, I figure, all right, year three, we'll talk again. They give me the same offer. And I'm like, God, guys, come on. We can't get a little something extra. And I said, you know what? I said, I I, I couldn't do it, but I kind of kicked myself for not doing it at that point because I realized that where I was, I was, I'd already reached the ceiling as far as money was concerned. Yeah. What they were offering me was way less and it would have been a downgrade, but I knew my ceiling was much greater at WWE, but it was just that I had been broke for so long that I needed to take that money at that point in time. So for three years in a row, we talked. It didn't work out. Uh, 2019, we just kind of ships passing in the night. We never really got in touch. Uh, and then 2020, I was pretty sure, especially with the pandemic, I was like, there's no way. And I was also just like, well, everything's shut down. I'm just said my career is probably over. I'm just going to make whatever little bit of money I can in these smaller companies, whatever. And then at some point, uh, it was just, well... I just make one more run for it, and I got in touch with Triple H and 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 his team and whatnot, and we kind of put things together and finally made it happen. And the man, I I enjoyed that too. The uh, the introduction of you in in NXT, I, I enjoyed the Cameron Grimes feud greatly, right? With Ted DiBiase involved. To uh, is that you know you felt like you found your groove real quick. Yeah, well, I mean, look, that's the funny thing is like for years, and I'm going to say for the better part of ten years. I'd been working, hell, the last 10 years, even now still, I, I've been working as though I was here. Um, like, th- there was never a day where I slacked. There was never a day where I was like, ah, I can just go in and phone it in. Because it was like, to me, there was that 1% chance that maybe somebody from here would be watching. And they probably never were. <laughs> but the, but just that possibility in my head, I was like, I'm working like I'm there. And for me, it was like, I want to watch and see what the other guys on that WWE TV are doing because I want to still stand out from them. I don't want to do the same moves as them. I don't want to say or dress or do whatever that, that they're doing. So I wanted to to make sure that when I came in, I was ready to hit the ground running because I already had a package that worked and fit and was different. Um, and so it, it kind of made it easy in that sense where it was like, I didn't really have to do any extra preparation. Let me just continue being and doing who and what I am. Yeah. And I'm going to roll right in. I'm glad you say that because you're finding a groove and everyone's digging you in NXT and then they want you to be Max Dupree. So like, <laughs> you know, uh, I was a bit like, hmm, uh, okay. But what was your reaction and how did that kind of come around? Oh, boy. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I, look, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm killing it in NXT. Like, like I'm, um, it's, it's crazy. Like just the reactions and the way that I had kind of turned from big time heel in the summertime to big time baby face by the winter. And, uh, and it's not like piped in. It's not prefab reactions. Like it was organic, real stuff happening. And then, uh, you know, I, I come up for a dark match. I get the attention of the right people. Hey, who is this guy? But then the age thing comes up. Oh, no. He's 39. Danger. Uh, 
but 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 I'm not the average 39 year old. I I I I haven't gone through the ringer. I haven't had a bunch of surgeries or injuries. Knock on that wood. Uh, yeah. you, you know, I, I've I've lived a um a, a good youthful life in a certain sense, and I've taken care of myself in in a way that uh, I would say most don't. Um, and also, I, I don't know. It, I I look a certain way to where obviously I got somebody's attention, but. That number came up, and it was like, well, okay, well, maybe we make him a manager. Uh, <laughs> so I, I, I don't know. Uh, so, so some things happened there. Uh, it was not my cup of tea. Um, definitely, I, I, th- I, I don't think it was for me. But somehow there I was. Uh, some things happened that we don't need to go into, and then eventually, uh, La Knight was back. Yeah, I mean, look, look, I know I have to let you go because I know there's going to be other people queuing up to talk to you. But uh, <clears throat> I want to finish on that, right? Like, is it Triple H, obviously, you know, NXT's his baby and, and whatnot. Is it a conversation with him where you say, look, let's go back to LA tonight? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was kind of pushing for it, but didn't know if it was really a possibility at that point because I'm like, well, all right, well, we just we already established this thing to this larger audience. You know, I mean, the NXT audience is what it is, just under a million or whatever. Um, and now you're looking at over 2 million for SmackDown. So it's like, all right, there's a bunch of people who've never even seen LA Knight before and they've always seen this other thing. So now, can we just change gears? But I think a testament to his trust and a testament to um, my abilities to be able to turn that corner in very short order people not even barely remember that there was another Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.